Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. You ready? Thanks for tuning in to the 20th episode on November 10th, 2020. Let's talk about the very diverse pilea. And this is just a reminder that you can find more on houseplant-homebody.com or follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And don't forget to join me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Let's dive in. Pilea are probably one of the most diverse houseplants because of all of the different shapes, sizes, and colors they come in. As I was thinking about doing this, I wondered if I could articulate all of the different varieties and the differences the best way possible. And thank God I'm doing the blog post because that explains everything in a little bit more detail than this podcast will. So if you want to see specific variety names with common names, with descriptions, that's all on that blog post for the Pilea Plant Bio Podcast episode number 20. So you can find that on my blog. But typically when people hear Pilea, they think of that weird UFO looking leaf plant, but there's actually a lot more to Pilea than just that. So I'm going to briefly talk about the variety names. I included nine on my blog post and I will shuffle through them right now. But there are many, many, many more. There's over 500 different varieties of Pilea out there. So I'm going to briefly talk about them. If for some reason I don't pronounce them correctly, I'm very sorry. They're a little difficult. (laughs) So the first variety I'm going to talk about is that UFO looking one, which is Pilea peperomioides. That doesn't sound like a real name, but it is. So the common name that I'll be referring to it in the rest of the podcast is Chinese money plant. So this has a dark green rounded leaf, like round, like UFO round, like pancake round. And it has an upright type of foliage that grows tree-like when it's more mature. These are the very, very popular ones, along with a couple of the other trailing varieties we'll go over in a second. But this one has been hard to find for me, but lately I've been able to find them everywhere, except the prices have been going up. So I found them from anywhere from $6, which they're really small, to some people have been selling them for $25 for that 4-inch size. So $25, I think, is a little high. But if you're finding it, honestly, I wouldn't pay more than about $10 for it. But if you're finding it anywhere $15 and below, it's probably a good deal. So the next variety is Pilea cadiere, which is also referred to as the aluminum plant. This is an upright grower with green foliage with white and silver patterns on the leaves, almost like a lace, a thicker lace. So that's the aluminum plant. The third one is Pilea microphylla, which is also called the artillery plant. This is an upright grower as well with tiny leaves that have green and sometimes there is a variegated form that has white and pink tips on the leaves. The next is Pilea mollis, commonly known as Moon Valley, and I believe Moon Valley is a specific cultivar variety name. This is an upright grower with a very rough textured leaf, and it has very light green leaf edges with a dark red and bronze center of the leaf and all of the veining, which is why it's called Moon Valley, and that rough texture, the 
veins are kind of sunk in like a valley. All those veins have that really dark red, bronze, almost brown color. So the next we have is Pilea involucrate, which is almost identical to the previous one, Pilea mollis. It's also commonly called the friendship plant. It's also an upright grower with that rough textured leaf with the same light green outside of the leaves with the dark red and purple foliage with those dark colored veins. Okay, we got four more, I promise. <laughs> so the next is Pilea numularifolia, I think. It's commonly called creeping Charlie, which is confusing because there are other plants that are not pilea that are also commonly called creeping Charlie, but it is commonly called that. And it has a trailing habit with a really bright green leaf and a somewhat rough textured leaf, not as rough textured as the previous two I just mentioned. And it has more of a stocky trailing habit. It doesn't really flow like the next couple of varieties we're going to talk about. Next is pilea glauca, which is honestly just as popular as the Chinese money plant, the first plant I described. It's commonly called many names just because they all look slightly different, but I'm going to call it aquamarine because that is a variety name and it's shorter than the rest of them. <laughs> it is a low-growing and trailing plant with a blue or green foliage and some of the varieties even have red stems. I do have one of these in my home and I love it. It's so pretty. It's just so unique because the leaf color is so different and the stem color adds just the extra color to it. And the leaves are so tiny, it's adorable. Okay, and we have Pilea spruciana, which is also commonly called either Norfolk or Silver Tree. It's just two different variety names, and those are honestly the only common names I could find, but I'm gonna call it Norfolk. It is a lower growing, dark, dark foliage. It almost looks black or really dark brown, but it's actually more of a reddish bronze color foliage. And the silver tree variety has silver almost stripes or a pattern in the center of the leaves around the center vein. The Norfolk one doesn't really have as much or a pattern at all. So that is the Pilea spruciana. And I do currently have one of these in my only terrarium that I have. And last but not least, we have Pilea depressa, which is commonly called baby tears. It has tiny bright green leaves and it has a wonderful trailing habit. I do have one of these. I struggled with it for a bit and I'll tell you why later, but that is another one. I'd also like to point out that Baby tears is also referring to even another plant that is not this type of pilea, but this common name baby tears does apply to this one too. Woo! Okay, glad that's over, right? Okay, now we can get into the nitty gritty. That was like a solid couple minutes of all plant varieties. So if you're just a beginning learner, maybe you blacked out during those variety names, that's okay. And if you want to remind yourself what they are, again, just go to the blog post. It's all there. So let's jump right into the sun requirements for these guys. So it really depends on the species of Pilea for what kind of sunlight they prefer. But it is typically safe to say that Pilea like medium to bright indirect light. So I'll kind of give you a background on the ones that I have and where I have them placed. At least that will give you a good idea of what to do. In my south window, I have a small tiny little greenhouse I got from Ikea. I linked it on the blog. I have 
the Chinese money plant, the really big UFO type leaf plant. But there is another building close by to our house, so it doesn't get direct sunlight all afternoon like a regular south window would, but it does still get many hours of it. I originally had the pilea up against the greenhouse wall, basically just an inch or two away from the window, and I noticed the leaves touching the greenhouse wall were getting black, so they were getting burned from the direct sunlight. So I moved it just to the other side of the greenhouse, just like a couple inches away from that greenhouse wall, and I haven't had an issue since. So it might have been like the magnifying glass type thing, not working out for it, but it's doing well there and it's getting bigger and bigger and looking really healthy. So my aquamarine pilea, which is the tiny little leaves, blue leaves with the red stems. I believe it's not really the aquamarine variety. I think there's one that's commonly just called red stem pilea and that's probably what it is. But anyway, for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to call it aquamarine. It is sitting a couple feet from a south window and it's getting filtered light through the other houseplants that are in front of the window. Like I have my huge monstera in front of that window and the stems on this plant stretch towards the light. It hasn't started trailing yet because I got it as just tiny little starter plants and the branches do stretch towards the light which is deceiving because I know if I move it closer to the window it'll start burning due to the direct sunlight but it is doing well. It's very happy and it's starting to go over the side of the pot so I'm very happy with that. I also have the Norfolk Pilea, the really dark foliage with the silvery white in the middle, which I believe is the silver tree variety that I have, but I have that in a terrarium just a couple feet off of a south window. I also have another aquamarine inside of that terrarium. Little tiny plants, they're doing just fine. I've only had that terrarium for a few months now, but it's doing well, thriving, and they're doing just fine in there. Not getting the direct sunlight for very long since it is off the window, but it is still getting really bright indirect light. The last pilea that I have is the Baby Tears pilea. This is Let's see, it's in an east window and it's growing great. I actually tried this plant in a west window and a north window previously. And when I had it in the north window, it grew super slow. It did grow, but barely. So I moved it to a west window and honestly, I gained about five or six inches of growth in just a couple months. And I reorganized all my houseplants because every time I bring in houseplants, I feel like I need to reorganize all the spaces <laughs> and I reorganized them and moved to an east window because it still gets bright bright light for the good first half of the day and it's still doing great there too. So overall for pilea even though it can handle medium to high light all pilea thrive in really bright indirect light. A lot of the different varieties can tolerate medium light but I would still if you have the opportunity to stick it in a brighter window of indirect light I would do that. Okay, so let's move on to water requirements and humidity. For watering, I'm going to say it like I always do. It really depends on the environment you have your pilea, what kind of soil you have it in, what kind of pot you have it in. But overall, pilea like to typically be in an evenly moist soil. If they're underwatered, you'll start to lose some leaves. So that's usually a good indication of whether or not you should be increasing your water. I would honestly take a good look at it every few days and just watch it and see if it does need a little bit more moisture, if it's losing some stems or leaves because of it. I had that problem with the baby tears pilea for a while. I was underwatering it 
immensely. I thought maybe it was like, you know, your pothos philodendron, they don't need as much water as maybe Diffenbachia, for example. But I started watering a little bit more and I put it in that west window and started to thrive after that. If you have your plant in a warm space that has bright light or you have it even outside during nice growing season, you're going to need to water it a little bit more often. If you have it indoors constantly in that medium light setting where you're not really getting that bright light on it, you may need to water it a little bit less. So just keep that in mind when it comes to watering. So another thing that's kind of necessary to mention with pilea is humidity. They typically like a moderate to high humidity. After doing some research of all the different varieties, there's very conflicting answers to the humidity question. Some of the sources said pilea needs very high humidity. Some sources said pilea, they don't need much extra humidity at all. So to help you out, I split up the varieties just simply based on my experience with them. We're talking aquamarine, Norfolk, baby tears, and artillery plant like high, high humidity. Typically, you'll find those in a terrarium setting or being sold as a one to two inch pot, which is the perfect size to put in a little terrarium. And they like the highest humidity possible. The medium humidity, which it's not really needed much added humidity in that setting, but still it does help them thrive. You've got the Chinese money plant, aluminum plant, moon valley, friendship plant, creeping charlie, any of those like to be in at least a medium humidity and that will help them thrive in their environment. As I said, you can put them in a terrarium to increase humidity. That will probably be the honestly easiest way to do it, but you can also add a humidifier to the space. You could put your pot over a pebble tray and you put water in that pebble tray and that also increases humidity. Or you can mist the plant and the environment around it and that will add humidity if you do it frequently. Capiche? All right, let's move on to fertilization and propagation. So I always say there's really no wrong answer with fertilization methods unless you're fertilizing too much or too often. So if you do fertilize, which you should, I would always recommend using the recommended amount or less for houseplants. I currently use a concentrate indoor fertilizer every four weeks or so during peak season. Usually I start doing that around end of February, beginning of March, and I stop in August. And I reduce it to every six to eight months in the off season. I do this with all of my houseplants. It just keeps it pretty consistent. And I would rather under fertilize than over fertilize any of my plants. This method has worked so far for me this past season. I previously used to use a granular soil release fertilizer that also worked, but I'm noticing the liquid fertilizer is working a little bit better. It's growing the plants a little bit faster or at least getting more leaves, more stems faster. The complete houseplant survival manual recommends fertilizing pilea a little bit more frequently. And to be fair, the only pilea they do discuss is the aluminum plant, but they say, and I quote, in spring and summer, feed plants weekly with a balanced houseplant food diluted to half the recommended rate. In fall and winter, feed monthly. So for pilea, because they consistently grow, that's probably why they fertilize them more often. They don't slow down as much as some other houseplants do in the winter. So I might try feeding the pilea specifically a little bit more often in winter and see how that goes. Maybe I'll get longer stems out of it. Wouldn't that be cool? 
But if you go to my blog, let me know how you fertilize your plants or comment on the Pilea post on Instagram or Facebook and let me know. There's so many different ways to do it. And eventually I'm going to do a blog post on all of the many different ways to fertilize. And I know it's really dependent on the plant, but as long as you're not over fertilizing, I mean, you're usually good to go. So let's move on to propagation. And there are a few different ways to propagate and it this one really depends on just what variety you're getting into. So the Chinese money plant forms what are called pups or offsets, which are basically mini plants growing off of that parent plant or aka the original plant or aka that main root system. You can actually find Sansevieria growing just like that as well. And you can see those pups forming off the side of the plant and you can actually cut them off that parent plant and repot them as a new plant. But you wanna make sure you have a sharp knife or sharp pruners and make a clean cut. And you wanna make sure you take that little pup plant and cut it as close to the soil line as possible. And you wanna place that pup plant in water or moist soil until it grows and forms its own root system. Because just as the pup, it can't just be placed in its potting soil, the well-draining potting soil, and expect it to survive. It needs a little extra help and a little extra root growth. So almost every other variety of pilea can be propagated by taking cuttings and placing it in water or moist soil until it's rooted. I've also learned that soil propagation is much faster than water propagation, but they both do work just fine. And there are a couple like the aquamarine and the baby tears plants that once they're a little bit more mature and you have a fuller root system, you can split them too. So you could just make two plants out of one. So those are just a couple ways to propagate. The Chinese money plant is the only one that's going to form pups off of it. And all the other varieties are best propagated by taking those cuttings and placing them in water and or soil. So now let's move on to all of the other lovely facts about Pilea. So the Pilea is part of the Urticaceae family, which is also called the nettle family, which obviously contains stinging nettle as well. I did look up the origin of all the different varieties of Pilea, but it varies all across the world. Some were native to South America, some were native to Indonesia, China, so really all over the place. One thing that all Pilea can definitely agree on is the soil type they prefer, and that's going to be a very well-draining soil. So either a cactus soil or a potting mix mixed with extra perlite works great. Even though the soil does need to stay evenly moist, you don't want them sitting in water because that will just kill them with root rot. So I did talk about a little bit earlier the Chinese money plant and where you can find it or if it's easy to find, but Pilea in general is fairly easy to find in most houseplant shops or garden centers. A lot of the terrarium loving plants or the small one to two inch plants are very, very common for finding those. The Pilea, Chinese money plant Pilea, is a little bit more difficult to find, but it is available in many places. So just this past weekend, I went to Water Farms in Nina and they had, you know, half a table full of them for just, I think, about six or eight dollars. Really good size too. I've also seen them at Stein's for around 15. I've seen them at Milliger's in Racine for maybe around, I think they're around 15 also. So it really depends on where you're looking for them. 
The smaller plant shops typically have them for a little bit more expensive cost because they're not able to get plants in at the same cost as those larger places, but usually they're around $15 to $20 at the small plant shops. The baby tiers, the Norfolk, and the aquamarine type pilea are usually the ones you're going to find in the one to two inch pots, usually for terrariums. So you may also find the aquamarine baby tears ones and the creeping charlie in hanging baskets. Water Farms had those in really nice six to 10 inch hanging baskets for a good deal also. But those are the different forms you're going to find them in around the prices. The hanging baskets at Waters are super cheap. They're between $12 and $20, which is really, really reasonable. But a hanging basket like that at a regular garden center or a plant shop is probably going to charge upwards of $25 to $40, depending on the size. So a couple confusing things. Pilea is often confused with a plant called Peperomia. This is simply because Peperomia tends to have a lot of different types of varieties, lots of shapes, colors, sizes, just like Pilea. And some of the Peperomia varieties have those rounded leaves similar to the Baby Tears or Aquamarine Pilea. Another confusing thing is, as I said earlier, the Baby Tears Pilea Depressa Baby Tears is a common name for a totally different plant and it looks freakishly similar to the Pilea Depressa and that is Solirolie Solirolii. Yeah, that's a Latin name. I don't know if I got that right, but that looks identical to the Pilea Depressa. So just keep that in mind. Baby Tears is called something else with other plants too. So last little fun fact is that there are a couple Instagram accounts that are pretty big that show off really, really huge pretty Pileas. So even if you don't have an Instagram. I believe they both have Facebook pages too, but there is Jamie from Jamie's Jungle and it's Jamie, J-A-M-I-E-S underscore jungle. And I have it linked on my blog post. He has an amazing house with incredible houseplants and he posts pictures of his really large Chinese money plant Pilea pretty frequently. So that'd be an awesome one to check out just to look at it. And there's another guy and his account is called Botanist by Heart. No spaces, no underscore or anything. And he is known for the huge Pilea Chinese money plant plants that he has. He also posts other plants, but that's the majority of his feed and they're beautiful. I believe he's out of Slovenia. So those are a couple of accounts to look at if you want to. Another fun random fact that I found kind of last minute was one of the plants, the Pilea microphylla, which was commonly called the artillery plant, I found out from Missouri Botanical Gardens website why it's called artillery plant. I was just curious. It's actually because the male flower explosively releases pollen into the air. The more you know. So that is the information on Pileas I have for you today. Thank you for listening to the 20th episode of Houseplant Homebody, all about Pilea. And this is just a reminder that you can find more on houseplant-homebody.com or follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And don't forget to join me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means everything, and I can't wait to continue bringing you guys more and more plant bios and info. Don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for more podcasts. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time.
Well, hello everyone, me again. I just wanted to come on here and mention a couple things. One, um, I just want to remind everyone that I do have a newsletter that comes out the first of every month and I do include information on there that I'm not posting on a weekly basis and that I don't have on my website. So it's really good to subscribe to the newsletter just so you can get even more information. And typically it is seasonal, so it does relate seasonally to what's happening. So that's really fun. One thing you can do to learn even more about houseplants with me. Also, I want to remind everyone I am on Patreon, which does provide, depending on the level that you do, the podcast released to you a day early and some free houseplant homebody merchandise, which is really fun twice a year. And I also wanted to say that I do have a houseplant homebody little mini sticker available on my shop, the HH store. So if you go to my website, there's a direct link to it, or you can find my Etsy store, which is called the HH store. And they're just so cute and perfect for your laptop or water bottle or wherever you want to stick it. So one last thing, Don't forget that every time I now release the podcast, I will be releasing a blog post that has all of this information and sometimes a little bit more on my website. So this one was heavy with names. So if you're getting confused on the names, you can go check that out just to understand the Latin name, common name, kind of description difference. And I do have the pictures of the ones that I have at my house up on that website, up on that blog too, so you can see it. So just want to remind you of that. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week and I will see you on the next podcast. Bye-bye.